Recently, I did a podcast with Haven Dobbs and his youth group. Um, the following is the conversation that was related to that. And um, I kind of started talking about an identity message and really how to ground yourself in the Word of God and abide in Christ um, and intimacy with Christ. And then following were, was a Q&A. I hope you enjoy. Thank you. So I just want to start by saying thank you to Haven for calling me last week and inviting me. I just really love the Zoom meeting and the, the way this is set up. Um, you got you all, ladies and gentlemen, separating your time away during the day to come and do this is just uh, such a blessing to, to know that you're, you're stepping away from your lives and the things that are so busy and chaotic and things that are going on with COVID-19 going on and all the rest of the things that are happening to, to separate some time just to get in front of God and, and to really to receive something tonight to just, you know, say, God, I want more of you, you know, and, and so talking with Haven this last week, I really w- thought maybe just to share an identity message or something to really encourage your faith during this time. There's a lot of isolation that's happening right now with COVID and we're starting to, I think, break out of that isolation. We're starting to break out of those things. So um, just to be encouraging with that, not to have fear, but have faith in a time that faith is so much needed right now in the world. Um, You know, first thing that comes to mind right now is, you know, you as uh, young men and women, young adults, uh, you may have a a calling on your heart. You feel a call into missions and and, and, and evangelism and those areas to, and we're called by the word to tell the gospel to all the nations and tell the gospel to our friends and to not be afraid, but have faith and courage to step out on what God's called us to do, to share the word on your heart, to share your heart with others and what God's done in your life. Um, that's your testimony. And uh, in a time of the world right now, you know, you always hear maybe about in missions work, you guys maybe haven't been invited, maybe to go to Africa or to go to overseas or go somewhere in the country to share. Um, but because of COVID-19 and the things that have happened in our country, the whole world's in a place of darkness right now. So you can go right out your back door and really talk to your neighbors and talk to, to people, you know, social distancing. It doesn't matter. You don't have to have hands on them to pray and all those kind of things and just tell them the good news, tell them what Jesus has done in your life. And if you don't know how to do that, be encouraged and just step out in faith and share what's on your heart. Maybe be the first time you've ever done that and just watch what God does to, to those around you and how the world changes. Um, you, every one of you are world changers because God lives inside of you. And when you choose to speak from that place in, the, in your heart, that is, is a vulnerable place and it's a hard place to speak from, amazing things that will happen in your life. Um, a lot of times in my own life, the way I kind of, I kind of, I look at how I speak, especially in situations like this and when in front of others too, um, it's always a good way to know like in this situation, if you if you lean into God and you lean into your heart and really share yourself and share your heart instead of maybe relying on something somebody told you to speak about, maybe relying on uh, a past situation to speak about, um, it'll, it'll help you. Um, no, when you're speaking from your heart, things will happen. It'll change. If you're speaking from a place where you're told and not really personal experience or your testimony, 
you'll notice that not a whole lot's different and you, you almost feel like you missed an opportunity to really share in, where God has positioned you. So I would, I would encourage each one of you when you're in a place where you can share your heart to really just, um, I mean, ask God for help because we can't do it alone. Um, you know, the enemy in this world is the, uh, the enemy is the, is the God of this world. And so we need a supernatural God, a supernatural Jesus that died on the cross and died and rose again to help us uh, to kind of break free of the lies that the enemy has spoken in our lives. And as, as you know, as a young person, I wish, you know, I would have had the, 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 the guidance and the persuasion then to go the right direction and to uh, speak the word on my heart and to follow that direction. But, you know, when we're young, the deceiver likes to come in and manipulate and try to control us and guide us back to the things in the world that, that are going to lead to sin and ultimately back to death. Um, it's really serious. Like we trust in Jesus because he gives us life. He is life. He's, he's the everlasting, you know, and, but when we, we can easily kind of feel or not, I don't want to say feel, but we can kind of discern when we're not following God because it doesn't feel good. You know, when you, there's not many times, maybe there's I'm not going to say say anxiety, but maybe there's just a pit of your stomach. There's a feeling that doesn't feel good. That's kind of your, your gut telling you this isn't where you should be, you know, and, and God will give you always when you look to him instead of your situation or trial in your life, he'll give you a way out of that. Um, before I keep going, I just want to pray um, and that God would give us uh uh, a word and just to, to continue on. Um, yeah, I'm just going to pray. Lord Jesus, um, thank you for this group. Thank you just for this time you've set apart for us. Uh, we can't do anything without you, Lord. You are you're everything to us. I pray over this group, God, that you would just uh, pour into their hearts uh, a, a word of instruction, a word of just understanding, and that you would... Uh, Use me as a vessel, God, to be able to reach a younger generation, the one that is hungry for your word, that is here to hear the good news of what you've done in the world, and that they would understand it with a new revelation, a new light that they never have before. In Jesus' name, amen. So this, with that preface, I really I want to just open up, uh, if you have your Bibles with you, y'all, uh, I'm going to read from the Passion Translation, just a quick scripture and I'm going to start with Romans 5, 1, and probably go through like Romans 5. Um, and this is kind of our new life in faith. And one thing we know about being a Christian is we need to be born again is what the word calls. To understand and really under, know what God's doing in our life. And what that means is you fully have surrendered your life and laid your life down and said, I make the Jesus the Lord. Of, I make Jesus the Lord of my life. I don't want my way. I want his way because I know you're, you're old enough at this point to know when you've, you've tried to, to do things your own way. Um, I've tried things in my life over and over again, my own way. And every time they seem to just not work out, you know, but when I've trusted in God, every time they've come to success and they've come to, to work out well, because Jesus is success. He is victory. He's in the victory circle. He's, he's there. So when we partake in him, we also will be led to success. Um, so 5.1, it talks about our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteous, righteousness to us. And he now declares us flawless in his eyes. 
Uh, by the way, I'm reading from the Passion Translation, so if, it, if it's a little different. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, has done for us. Our faith guarantees permanent access into His marvelous kindness. That has given us a perfect relationship with God. What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. But that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence, knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character. And proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So I wanted to read that scripture because I really believe it touches on a few things. It talks about um, the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us and how God pours his love inside of us. And that how he gives us patience, endurance, uh, more importantly, um, when we trust in God is when our joy and when we are, we are actually, uh, fulfilled in our walk with God. When we trust in him when we deny ourselves is when, when God comes and he pours his love over us. If you've ever been in prayer, and, and like in a place, maybe, I don't know if you guys have your prayer closets or a place where you like to pray, but there's something about getting alone with God and closing the door and getting alone with him on your knees and praying and just you and him and finding a place to have intimacy with him. And I would encourage uh, to do that if you don't, because he really shows up powerfully in those moments when we have those times of intimacy, when we're, cry- we're not crying out to God, but we're just saying, God, I want more of you, Lord. I want more of your love in my life. I want to know what, more of what this is, God. I'm hungry for you. And that type of uh, pursuit of Jesus, that's how we know we're saved. You know, We have an insatiable appetite to want to know more of God. We want to know more of, of you know, when we were saved, what happened, we want to, we're going to spend our whole lives unpacking that moment where God revealed himself to us. And so, you know, as we continue to pray every day, it's a day by day process. He continues to re- unpack that for us. He continues to reveal more of it to us. And it's, it's that's where the blessing comes from. Um, recently, I'll say this recently, I, I did a long, uh, a long fast. And when we pray and we fast, uh, the, the word talks about how when we pray, um, you know, you can cast out demons when you pray, but how much greater when you fast, there's certain things that in your inside of you that can only be taken out or can only withdraw from you if you're fasting and praying. And I experienced that very boldly. I did a 40 day fast and um, kind of about around t- day 10, it was as though, or I want to say even before that, probably day eight. Uh, there was so much clarity that I realized before I had fasted, there was so much, there wasn't a whole lot going on, but a lot of the things the Lord was leading me on and preparing me before the fast. And uh, I was praying about and being led in the scriptures by the Holy ghost with to deliver me of when I fasted, it was complete silence and it was complete focus and it was complete clarity. Um, 
And so, you know, when we, when we choose to follow Jesus, it's a, it's a selfless act. It's, it's, I'm going to give something up, you know, whether it's Facebook for a week, whether it's, uh, you know, online activity for a while or whatever, wherever you're at in your walk, it's a progressive thing in my life over time. God has kind of led me to and required me to fast more over time. Whereas when I was younger, I fasted a little bit and I, I experienced God's grace through those things. And so it's really living a life unto God. It's really living a life of prayer and fasting that in that secret place of prayer, in that place where we, we get down on our knees and we really pray to God and say, God, I want to know you, that intimacy time that he speaks to us. He really, he, that's how we, that's, that's the place where we hear his vo voice very the most. I know he's with us every day, everywhere we go. Um, but when we get in that quiet place with him, we can really discern and hear his voice as Christians we're chosen we're, we're, we're by God. And he has already changed us, transformed our lives. And he is, he's speaking to us and guiding us. Now, one thing that I, I, I remind myself as well, too, is in, the, in an identity is my thought, my thoughts are my thoughts. But over time, God has actually that still small voice in my head has changed into his thoughts, has changed into his, his voice. So a lot of times in my life, what I think I'm deciding to do for my own and to move forward, he's actually guided me in those times, if that makes sense to you. Like you can trust your heart to move you forward and, to, to, and, and, and pray and ask God for strength and courage to push you into new places that maybe you've never been before or you're, you're, you have a fear to get through. Um, we all have, even, even when we've been delivered of fear and we still have flesh, we're still alive and the enemy is still working in our lives to try to push us back into a place of fear. Um, when we, when we receive Jesus and we have an encounter with God, we know that the enemy has been defeated. You have that revelation, you receive it in your heart and you know that he no longer has a foothold in your life and he's been defeated. That's why as a young person, he's so into trying to pervert that word on your heart, try to lead you astray, try to lead you to places um, away from God um, because he knows, the devil knows, if you experience an encounter with Jesus and if you trust in him and you experience the love of God, nothing can take you back. There's nothing that can, that can make you even want to look at the, the temptation, the, the, the deception, and that side of it. And um, in 2 Corinthians, it talks about being uh the all things have passed away and all things are brand new when you're born again like the old nature the sinful person of this world that you were born in okay so i'll give you some background uh just for uh just knowing what kind of what i'm going into is you know when adam and eve were in the garden uh they were kicked out of the garden because they ate of the apple because of sin and they were they were separated from god and what jesus did when he came as the messiah he came back into the world to reconcile us back to the father from what when sin entered the world with adam and eve so we are all are born into sin we all every one of us are born like filthy rags we're all born into uh and we're sinful people every one of us but because what a jesus did two thousand years ago we have a covering of his blood and we have to know this we have to know the word we have to know and understand it so and, and when we're born again all that sin nature that I was born with, that 
that God had, had been pulling me out of this world and revealing more things to me, it died. I died to sin once and for all. We'll look at Romans 6 here, and it'll talk to talk us a little bit about how sin died for me once and for all, and um, God has reign over sin. What Jesus did destroyed death, hell, and the grave. It, it destroyed sin. Um, so now sin's not an issue anymore as a Christian. Now, that, Jesus took care of it, right? He took it on with his own flesh, his own blood. He hung on the cross. He died. He rose again. So now sin's not an issue. Now as Christians, what we're facing now is mind renewal. We're going forward trusting in God and allowing him to renew our minds. We're, we're, um, if you guys are with me right now, when we, come, when we talk about mind renewal, the more we kind of get in the word and we, we have, share with uh, intimacy time with, with Jesus, the more he kind of reveals himself more to us over time. And he continues to paint these amazing pictures for us. Um, the picture that he's painting for you right now might be this little piece right here, but pretty soon you'll understand the full picture of it as you continue to get in that word. And as you continue to pray and as you continue to fill yourself with the goodness of God, it, it, it kind of, you've heard it in the word before probably where you want to put uh, the flesh uh, to death. You want to, you want to, you want to actually put, um, allow the spirit to come in and crucify your flesh like he did Jesus, but in a spiritual way, not in a physical way, right? You want to, you, and, and by doing that, you surrender everything to allow that to happen. Um, and there's hard things to, to give to God, to give things to God, certain things. Like I remember when I was going through this process, like I loved my parents. I loved my friends. I loved the things of this world because, you know, my parents, they weren't Christian. And so God came into my heart, radically changed me. And all of a sudden I'm in a world that I didn't understand and people around me didn't understand me either. And so we have to know that the Holy Spirit comes in, transforms our heart. He does the work. He changes us. He molds us. It's nothing that we can do. Just by believing and trusting and following is what does the transformation. I just want to be clear on that because there's so many people today, uh, even in their churches that are preaching this, you have to do something to be saved. And um, you have to, you have, or works or something like that before faith instead of faith before works. And it's all about um, saying, you know what, like I've experienced what it is to live in the world. And even if you haven't, it's not worth it. Keep looking to Jesus because he's life, life abundantly. Um, but let's read six, uh, Romans six, and I'll talk about how we put our flesh to death and sin has been, is dead to us now. And we're now living in a new nature. We're living in the nature um, that Jesus gave us. And we know it's interesting because I struggled with this before I read. Um, I struggle with this very hard in my life where I didn't realize like when I had been changed, God revealed himself to me, but I didn't real. I tried to like enjoy the things of my old sinful past, but they didn't have any interest to me anymore. And they weren't enjoyable, right? Those things that, and, 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 and I, that's when I knew like, those things weren't for me anymore. I had been changed on the inside. And my new nature by following the Holy Spirit was to guide me to this new interest that I had. And my new interest was the word of God, holiness, looking towards Jesus more. So if you're in this place right now where you're like, I don't really understand why people talk so much about God. I don't know why they follow him so closely. I don't know why even um, I need to follow Jesus. It's not that big a thing. Well, right now it may not be, 
But as you continue to grow in him, your interest will grow towards him. It's called uh, in the word God in uh, Psalm 23, he paves paths of righteousness inside of us, right? So our minds actually are geared toward him and we no longer have interest of the world. And actually there are many people in this world that say, well, I don't want to lose my interest of the world and follow Jesus and, and have to live by this standard, right? Like the Bible is a standard that they have to adhere to and it's oppressive, right? But when you talk to a real Christian, you understand that by being born again, you're set free from condemnation, from being embarrassed, from shame, from people, the lies of this world. And there's more freedom in this book than there is of all the world. Like there's nothing more powerful. There's nothing greater than this word. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, in your heart, you really feel that the Holy Spirit and Jesus rose above all principalities and powers of this world. And even when I'm talking like this, maybe principalities and powers, maybe that has no interest to you. You don't even care, or maybe you do. But there are things that work in the, in the realm that we don't just see in the faith realm, in the spirit realm that are going on right now. There's battles that are going on right now. And we need to be uh, really, really focused on making sure our minds are pointed in the right direction. Um, you know, what we put in our minds is what's going to manifest in our life. And if I fill myself full of God, joy is going to manifest in my life. Peace is going to manifest in my life. He's going to take care of me and hold me in my hand, hold me in his hand and walk with me hand in hand and teach me the mysteries of the world, the mysteries of the kingdom, you know, that no, not many other people um, know about because they choose to choose to do it their own way, you know? And, um, okay. So let's get back to the scripture. So, um, just, this is going to be Romans six. I'm just going to read maybe like six through six. So, so what did we do then? Do we persist in sin so that God's kindness and grace will increase? What a terrible thought. We have died to sin once and for all as a dead man passes away from this life. So how could we live under sin's rule a moment longer? Or have you forgotten that all of us who were immersed in union with Jesus, the anointed one, were immersed into union with his death? Sharing in his death by our baptism means that we were co-buried and entombed with him. So that when the Father glory, Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised with him. We have been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. For once we were permanently grafted into him to experience a death like his, then we were permanently grafted into him to experience a resurrection like his and the new life that imparts it. So right in that scripture, it talks about a little bit what we're talking about. We're talking about how sin is dead to us once and for all. But what's so powerful that sticks out to me more than anything is how, how the, the passion really talks about how we were co-buried with him and we were co-resurrected with him. Like we really died with Christ and we really rose with him in the spirit, right? Um, so... Yeah, so, uh, and it talks about how we're permanently grafted into him at that time. And that means you can't lose your salvation. You cannot, what God has done in your life, how he's changed your heart and how he's moved you and, and, and he's, 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 uh, he's transformed you. You can't untransform yourself. 
the, the wisdom that you have learned from God is now there forever. But I want to tell you, it's not a get out of jail free card. This isn't a once saved, always saved message where uh, now you can go back to sin because, and sin all you want because um, you, you can't lose your salvation. The, the, the key point is when you've been transformed, you live a life that's been changed by Jesus. You do things differently. You operate differently. Um, and actually, the reason why you don't go back to sin is because you feel the real love of the Father. Uh, you abide in Him, and you really understand how much He loves us and how much He loves each and every one of you right where you are. He's constantly in heaven right now just saying, I love you, I love you, I love you right? And it's us down here that look up at him and paint a false picture on him. Like he's a bad God, or, you know, he doesn't love me, you know, or I've done wrong or anything. He's up there saying, no, I don't even remember the sin. I sent my son to take care of that. I don't remember what you did. I don't care what you did. It's all been cleansed under the blood, but because he, lo he loves you so much, you, you end up reciprocating that love. You, you love him more than anything else. And you put him first in your life because that love, that pure love, like, you know, growing up, like right now where you're at, your parents love you so much and you feel that love, right? But I'm going to tell you right now, it's a diluted love because it goes through them to you, right? But what the father's going to do and through Jesus is he's going to shoot real pure love right into your heart, straight from heaven, right? When we're born again, we're born from above now. We're not born from our mother's womb anymore. We're not born from water. We're not born from this earth anymore. We have a new place of our, of our, of our birth. We're birthed from above, from heaven, right? So we're married with Christ. He's with us everywhere we go. He's our navigator in the spirit. So you don't have to worry about boogeyman and uh, everything else, that, the, 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 the fear and all that kind of stuff, because you have a navigator that's already conquered it all. Um. But when we look at the co-resurrected and the co-buried, it really just paints a picture of, to me as well how awesome it is that um, we, because what he did, he made a way for us to get back to God. And it's actually, you know, when death came for us, he actually physically took the place, or in the spirit, took the place of and destroyed death. He, he, he was the, the sacrifice to knock death out of the way which so many people are scared of death today. But if you only knew, it's just a doorway. It's just, a, uh, if you trust in God, he walks you right through it and, and right into the kingdom. The kingdom's for today we're, while we're alive. Eternity is for right now while we're alive. It's not for one day whenever I die, like my flesh passes away and I experience eternity then. No, that's not how it works. You can have certainty right now right where you are, that you're saved. You can know in your heart that you're going to heaven right now. It's not something that you have to wait and gamble with after you die and go and stand in front of the Father and have to deal with all that stuff then. You want to do it now. You don't want to wait till that moment. And you want to do it. And, and honestly, like, like I've met many people that, um, I, and I haven't met somebody myself, um, like, you know, I have people in my life that aren't saved, but I, there's so many people that right when, on their deathbed, you know, they, they chose to receive Jesus and you know, they're going to heaven and we're going to see them in heaven. Right. But they miss out on getting to walk with God and experience his miracles and beauty and wonder and love 
your, their whole life. You know, that's the, that's the magic of it. That's the, the grace and the, and the faith of it, right? That when we have a mind that's been transformed by Christ, we have eyes to see now in the world and be God's vessels for him to use us however he sees fit, right? And actually how he increases us and blessing comes on our life is by our obedience. So if we feel, and I look for opportunities for obedience, right? But how do you find obedience? Well, you need to submit under a pastor like Pastor Danny or, or, or Haven. When you submit under authority in your life and you're obedient to those things, it starts to mold you and shape you and God's able to, to, to share his love into you. Um, uh, unlike, you know, when we're disobedient and we're, we're rebellious in spirit and we want to go away and do things on our own. Um, and most time when I talk to somebody right away, um, they're talking about so-and-so did this to me or so-and-so did that to me. And I, one of the first things I ask, and I ask, do you have a pastor or do you, or, do you have somebody in your life you're obedient to that you fall under that you look up to? Because if they don't, that's the problem. You know, they, they don't have a covering in the spirit. They, they're out there in the open, still trying to struggle to do things under their own will and under their own power. And so you, you need to realize like how much of a blessing it is to have somebody that's willing to, 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 in the spirit that to trust, you know, and I mean, the word says the to test every spirit. And so I've had people in my life that I've trusted and, um, some stuff happened to me that wasn't good. You know, I trusted the wrong kind of people, but when you test every spirit, um, you, you'll, you'll quickly realize that, um, uh, there, there are people that you can, you'll start discerning that in your life. You'll make some wrong decisions. You'll make some right decisions and then you'll start to discern who are the people that God is leading you and you'll start to see him manifest and lead you. Uh, and, and he'll, and he'll, he'll teach you those things. So, uh, one of, one of the biggest words in my life as well that I live by, um, you know, it's interesting. I'll pull it up on my phone really quick. Um, my wife read it to me earlier. Um, let me pull it up. It was the Lord's Prayer, but she read it in the Passion Translation, and it kind of spoke to me in a new way. Let me find it here. How are we looking on time, Haven? We good? Okay. Yeah, we're straight. We're straight. Okay. So in the Passion Translation, the Lord's Prayer... It says, so Jesus taught them this prayer. Our heavenly father, may the glory of your name be the center of which our life turns. May your name, Jesus, be the center of our life, which our life turns. May your Holy Spirit come upon us and cleanse us. Manifest your kingdom on earth and give us our needed bread for the coming day. Forgive our sins as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us and rescue us through every rescue us every time we face tribulations. Um, yeah. So in that, in that scripture, it was amazing to me because uh, it's the Lord's prayer. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Uh, but it has a different outlook to it. And the way it speaks is, you know, may, may your spirit come upon us and cleanse us. And it really brings more of a, a visual picture to this scripture. Um, and, and, and it really, just captures, I mean, 
when you read the passion versus some other translations, it just gives you a visual picture versus uh, maybe just straight word, which can give you a lot of revelation. Um, but it really was interesting because uh, for her, when she spoke it and uh, you know, you can read this word when you're not born again, when you're not saved. And it's just a bunch of words on a piece of paper. Like you're not, it's this, you know, the story of Moses splitting the red sea and then um, you know, Noah and the flood, all these things are like kids books, you know, like little storybooks, Right. But then whenever God comes into your heart and changes your heart, all of a sudden you realize that these are pictures of baptism. These are pictures of how God led his people out of, uh, of, of bondage and of, of suffering. And um, it's just amazing that um, the words actually pop off the page and you consume them like food. Um, you know, God talks about, I am uh, the life and the way in the life, the truth, the way in the life. And like, he is like our ever, our consumption. Um, Psalm 23 in the passion, passion actually talks about Jesus being uh, a delicious feast. So Psalm 23, um, the Lord is my, is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me. In his luxurious love, he tracks, he tracks, his tracks take me to an oasis, peace of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens up before me pathways to God's pleasure. He leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valleys of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. Um, you know, and just talking about Psalm 23, it's very popular passage, but you see there how um, he just, he, he, uh, David talks about God being his delicious feast in a time of need, uh, a place where he can go and uh, is separated from the world, their torments, the, the lies and all that. And God, you know, just like Psalm 91 says, God protects um, his chosen under the wings of the almighty. Um so I want to pray for anybody that just, you know, maybe what we're talking about abiding and really coming into a place of intimacy with God and making him the Lord of your life and really being serious about this walk with God and saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to cut off certain, even while I'm speaking, God's probably maybe revealing some things to you. Like I need to get rid of this out of my life. And this is an obstacle. And this is an obstacle. You know, God has a destiny for our lives, each and every one of us. And um, he, 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 he loves us. And he's, he's wanting to pull us out of the, the, the more darkness in our life every day to lead us down that the path of destiny. And I just want to encourage each and one of you guys, each and every one of you guys and girls that, that there's nothing more important than God's destiny for your life. 
you can be misled and go down the wrong paths, wind up, you know, when you've been born again, like a lot of you guys have God, you have God in your hearts. When you feed of the world, that's where anxiety comes from. That's where depression comes from. When you, when you feed of what's in your heart and you feed of God and feed that part of your spirit, it brings peace and joy. So I would encourage you get in the word more. I want to even challenge you guys. I want to say, Hey, get, you know, one hour a night, at least get in prayer, get in the word, especially during this time, you might have some extra time on your hands because of COVID. Um, you know, it's take this opportunity to, to let God shine more in your life in this time and be a beacon of light in your communities and where you're at and your friends and, Ask God for boldness. I'm just going to say boldness right now because when we're, when we're afraid, when our friends and our, our peers around us are going one direction and doing something that, um, you know, that you don't want to take part in, be bold. Ask God for strength and say, hey, I, I want to tell you how much God really loves you and it's not the right choice for you, you know. And who cares? God says there's going to be persecution in this life. So if they don't like it, it's because – you know, they're convicted of what you said. They know it's wrong, you know, and each one of you know what's right and wrong. And it's, it's in your heart, you know, and what we got to get in the word, we got to continue to study and see yourself approved um, and share that word that's on your heart. Um, so there is a question okay. um, that, that goes along with what you just said. Yeah. Um, one of the students uh, asked, you put, what can I do to have the Holy Spirit in my heart? So if you've, if you've been, uh, okay, so I'm not going to even say that. So if you, like I was going to say, if you've been baptized, um, usually that's kind of the first step of getting baptized, um, actually receiving Jesus in your heart, making him the Lord of your life. And then you just ask him, you get in prayer and you say, God, I, I ask that you would just reveal yourself to me. I ask your Holy Spirit to come and live inside of my heart make my heart your resting place and he'll come, he'll do it. Um, you, and, and, and some people struggle with this, uh, because their, their own mind kind of gets in the way. So don't make it complicated. Just to say, God, I want more of you every, every, and he'll start to move away the obstacles that might be preventing. Um, and so it's kind of like, I don't know if y'all have read David, uh, no, excuse me, Daniel. Um, and Daniel, it talks about, um, the angel, Michael, the archangel, it took him 21 days to get to earth, you know, and the reason why it took Michael, the archangel, 21 days to get to earth is because he was fighting through principalities and powers of the air, Greece and Persia, but he, he made it down to Daniel. And, um, and so it, that, it's a real good image for me of kind of how the Holy Spirit works. We start to pray. We ask God to reveal himself to us. He's he, the word says, the prayers of a righteous person, the prayers of a saved and chosen, like you all are, um, they, they never return void. So what you ask for, whether it's immediately soon or 10 years from now, God's going to answer that prayer. And some people think that, well, maybe I could do something for him to answer that prayer sooner or later. No, as we pray, God changes us and moves us. And what happens is when I pray, and when you, each and whenever you pray, God goes out ahead of us in the future and he paves the way and, and, he, and he, he goes ahead of us and brings back 
I mean, this is the way I explain it. So it might be kind of morbid, but he brings back the head of our enemies in victory, right? So he goes out in the spirit. So maybe you have a, a, a final that's due next week, or maybe you have a meeting next week, right? When we get in prayer and we surrender all that to God and say, God, I don't want to worry about this thing. I don't want to have anxiety about it. I don't want to be depressed about it. I want to be successful when I get in that meeting. You just start handing it all over to God. You, you don't try to try to think about what you're going to say. You don't try to think about what you're going to do next. You just give it all to God. You'd say, God, I don't want to do it myself. I want you to help me with it. And by the time, and you won't even be thinking about that meeting anymore. You won't even have the anxiety about the meeting anymore. And when you get to that meeting, God has already gone ahead of you. By the time you walk in that door, they're giving you claps as you come in because they're excited to see you. And you're joyful as you come in because you haven't been harping and playing over and over again in your mind how it's going to happen, right? So when we just continue to surrender everything to God, especially things in the future, and ask God for help with those things, um, God will move in our, on our behalf. And as far as the Holy Spirit goes, um, ask him. Ask him and he'll find a place, a place of intimacy. And he'll lead you there and he'll reveal himself to you. So um, I'm going to ask him. I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask a question because I've seen it um, throughout a couple of the students. But um, I mean, I, I'm not, I could answer this question, but I'm going to get your perspective by check because I trust you. Yeah. I know that you're going to have an awesome answer. So. When we're sacrificing worry, when we're sacrificing that anxiety, like when we come to God, like for a new believer, a person who might have just accepted Christ, you know, because um, how how do you sacrifice the, like even the things of the world, like you know, because um, I know. So, like, it can be hard to detach yourself from, you know, some of the things. And so how do we sacrifice that? So I'm okay. going to leave you to answer that. Yeah, that's good. I'm excited. Um, so um, the word talks about the pressing and the crushing and the pressure in our lives is what molds us um, to be more like him through trials and situations in our lives. Um, so I'll give you an example. Um I you know, in my life, when a trial or situation comes, or I start to feel the pressure, kind of like you guys might feel sometimes coming from somewhere, right? Um, that pressure is meant to drive us to Jesus, right? Like that should, you shouldn't, so you should want to go and, and like, it's like, it's kind of, it reminds me of the woman at the well, uh, where there's wells that you can go and satisfy uh, the urges to, uh to help during that time of pressure many people in the world result to alcohol or drugs or other things in, in, their, in their life that that to help them with that those pressures that come um but through hab habit and through prayer and in the things that we're talking about um you should automatically ask jesus for help god help me with this i don't want to do i want to grow i want to face conflict in my life I want to grow closer to you and I want a, a better relationship with you. And I know that's why this pressure is on me right now is so that I can learn and in, in, in this season that you have me in that, um, that you would transform me to be, to walk in 
the situation boldly because he, he says he will never leave you or forsake you, especially during tribulation. He, he'll be with you during the times of trials and tribulations in your life. Um, but many in our, in our lives, they go back to the wells of the world, uh, the, th the, the pornography, all the different things that young people are tempted with or even older people are tempted with. Um, you want to focus on God in those times to help you in a time of need and not necessarily the things that the world around you is focusing on to get through their daily lives because those are band-aids. They're not actual real transformation and real growth. And, and when you do those things, you're stunning your growth. You're, you're saying that, um, you know, you could be a 40 year old person and still act like you're 20 because you haven't had given God time in your life to develop you and to grow you spiritually on the inside to give you a larger capacity in your heart to be able to handle more situations that come your way. Um, I think I answered that. I think you did too. So. Okay. Um, I, I would like to add too, because that's a great point because like uh, the lady at the well, right? She wasn't just at the well, you know, she was, she was going to give water at a weird hour where no one else, no one else would be there because she was judged by the world. But she was living in the world, and she's her actions were of the world. She was looking for love. She's looking for love, and that love. Jesus was like, "Look, I've came, I've come to this world to give you that love. You're seeking, you're seeking other love. You're trying to put a bandaid on this gash that needs stitches, that needs to be stitched back. You know, and the bandaid won't work. And I would say that when you go to the other wells." For a time, it might feel like it, it, it's better, but or it's it's for a time it might feel like that gash is closed up. But I can tell you, it brings more worry, it brings more anxiety because as soon as that bandaid goes mm. and pops yep. or gets the blood comes out and the bandaid falls off, mm -hmm. there's more. There's more anxiety. There's more worry. There's but Jesus is standing there like, here, I have a solution. Yeah. Stop so, seeking yeah. the stuff for this world. It makes me. me it makes me think of, you know, we have a, a Jesus shaped wound in our hearts and he's the only one that can fully satisfy it and fill it. Nothing else can, you know. Amen. I think I've said that. Um so I have one student that also uh struggles with he, he he's asked many times and I've answered this and other people have answered this, but um he said, he asked this question, so I'm going to ask you if you can answer him too. He says, he was, I also was wondering if God loves me. I'm okay, so we did mention a little bit about it, but, um, you know, God is in heaven and he loves everyone, no matter what your sin is or what's going on. He's up in heaven right now, speaking down to earth, saying, I love every one of you, right? But because of our sinful nature that we're, that we were born in this world with his love it feels like it hurts you know like it's kind of like um if you're in a if you're in a if you're you know you're y'all are younger but if you're in a relationship where god isn't in the middle of it you the, the reason why most it doesn't work out most of the time or 90 100% of the time is because we're not strong enough to take the love of another person on ourselves, 
Like it's too powerful. It hurts us. It like, it makes us feel like pressure and all those kind of things that we were talking about and the crushing. Right. And so that's why Jesus came. So we can focus on him, pour out all those that love of ours onto him and he bears it on the cross and died. And, and, and so that, you know, if I'm not like, for instance, I have a child. Um, if I didn't have Jesus and I wasn't pouring all my stuff on Jesus that and praying to God for help to grow forward, you know, I would be pouring in all that mess into my son, you know, and I, you know, I, I, I want to grow closer to God. Uh, because if I, if I were to pour it all into my son, all of a sudden, and I want to face my fears because if I don't face my fears by trusting in God, um, my fears end up, my, my son ends up inheriting the fears that I didn't face and trusting God to lead me through. And I want to be able to lead, not just my son, but other people in my life to success. Um, like Jesus has led me to success. Um, and not really, uh, see them get crippled by, by my fears that, you know, I went around something in my life because I wasn't really willing to give it, give it to Jesus instead of giving it to God and walking straight through it. You know, it's kind of like walking around the mountain instead of speaking to the mountain and telling it to move, you know? Um, but his love for us is, um, it's, it's amazing. Um, it's transformative. And so if you're feeling the crushing and the breaking, there's, I was going to, I was going to mention this with the crushing and the the breaking. Um, like many people and the word even says rejoice with trials and situations. And so you can literally be in a, in a position where so, something gets tough and it's harder, but you can rejoice right now because God's going to work you through it because you focus on him and praising him through that pressure. So when the pressure comes, the first thing the devil wants us to do is to try to blame somebody of where it came from. Right. We want to blame our friends for what they said to us or they want to blame the teacher because he put, gave us too much homework and all that. Right. As soon as we start to find to do the blame game, we're deceived. You understand? Like the, we know the answer from the pressure isn't an individual person. Cause if we start blaming a person, then the devil starts to wedge and, and separate us, separate us from other people in our life and build a wedge in our relationships. That's what the devil wants. He wants to separate you and bring you all alone by yourself with no one else around and no relationships. But if we know in that moment when the pressure comes that we say, God, help us, and we start praising God through that, then he's faithful every time to deliver you out of that situation and to see good things happen. You know, you'll see, you'll, you'll receive victory and freedom from that situation, um, and, or else you'll continue just to deal with it your entire life. That mountain will never move out of your way until you trust God to move it for you. Right. So there's tons of people walking around the world today that have been facing the same mountain for 20 years, 10 years, because they refuse to look and, and acknowledge Jesus as Lord in their life. And so, I mean, um, that's how much God loves us. You know, I'm trying to really paint that picture. I think that he, he doesn't want us to stay the same. He doesn't want us to walk in circles like the Israelites did for, for 40 years, just walking in circles in the desert. Um, he wants to increase us. He wants to, he wants to embolden us. He wants to bring us, you know, it's so interesting. Like when I was at my lowest point, I couldn't even look people in the eyes. You know, I couldn't even like acknowledge people and talk to people in the grocery store. I couldn't even like, I was just nervous and, and I just didn't know what they would think and all these kind of things. But then uh, when God came, 
all of a sudden I can sit at the top desk with CEOs. I can sit and talk to people face to face because I had the love of God in me, the same God that lives in everybody else. And all of a sudden there's reconciliation with people around me and my family. See how powerful God is? Like he puts the same spirit in every one of us. And so we know where we all came from. We know the deepest parts of each other and the deepest parts of our soul. And we can, we can actually have comfort knowing, you know, Haven, he's just like me, you know, like we, like we all have to have humility. We all have to like say, you know what? God is right. And I am wrong and that I am nothing. And he is everything less of me, more of him. We're all in that journey together now. Um, instead of being the prideful one, that's like, you know what? I don't need that. I got this under control and I'm just going to manhandle this and just, you know what I mean? And be the cocky guy or whatever, but just in a place, if you want to access God and this even ties in with the baptism of the Holy spirit, humility, find your place in a place of prayer and surrender and humility and giving God the glory, the Holy spirit will come. And he loves us so much. So once again, I'm going to ask a question, but, um, we also have a young man who's, so I'm going to ask you to pray for him because he's been having trouble because his uh, grandmother passed away recently. And um, so I'm going to, I'm going to get you to pray for him okay. uh, when we get to the prayer, but I'm going to ask all around who has prayer, but so there's a joy that comes from abiding in God. And so sometimes as new Christians, it's hard to find that joy, you know, like, and I'm not saying it's hard. I'm saying for us, it's hard, you know, as flat for the flesh, it's hard to find the joy because it seems like, look, I'm sacrificing a lot of stuff here, God. Like, why do I feel like worried? Why do I feel anxious? Why do I feel all these things? How would you ask, how would you tell them um, how to find that joy, how to find the joy that the, the Lord has in like their daily walk and everything that they do, you know? Yeah. So I'm gonna let you answer that. Okay, so in um, Elisha, when he was on the mountain, he wasn't leaving that mountain until the rain cloud came. He was gonna pray and pray and pray. Then he took him seven times to send the servant down the hill um, to check for the clouds until the, the rain cloud came and the rain came. And he wasn't gonna leave. He was determined to stay in prayer and to continue to pray and seek God out until the cloud, the rain came. So in a place of like, if you're in a place of darkness, you're a place of anxiousness. Um, what's going to happen is God's going to lead you to a place where maybe you've never prayed before, because I know before God revealed himself to me, I never prayed before. And actually the Holy spirit will come inside you and teach you how to pray. And so um, just, if you're feeling like um, you need joy in a moment or a time, don't act like you know what you're doing. Like when you, when you come to before the Lord for a fresh outpouring of faith or a fresh, just a, a, a refreshing, um, like a cleansing almost, I want to say, come asking God, God, um, what do you want to speak to me today? You know, don't come with your demands or what you want, or like, maybe I want to, I need this or I need that. No, like thankfulness opens up the heavens. When you start praying prayers of thankfulness, God, I just thank you for my family. Even if right now you're in unforgiveness, like you don't, you don't, you don't believe that you're thankful for your family. Um, starting to pray that you're thankful will start to 
bring things to the forefront that you are thankful for about your family. You're doing, maybe you're, we're just so blind and hard hearted that we don't see the value of the people that are around us. And so thankfulness opens the heavens. So when I was first born again, the, I, I couldn't stop praying. Like you don't want to stop praying because that's the source, right? So immediately I was like, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your, uh, your peace. And like just thinking of all the things that God is and thanking him for it and then going and actually praying for others. Like in Job, God did not bless Job and bring joy and, and, and return joy to Job uh, until he started praying for his neighbor. Um, the Bible says there's no greater sacrifice than laying your life down for your neighbor. That's true. Like in the spirit, we're, as, as friends and as brothers in a brotherhood and a sisterhood, we, we come alongside of our friends that are struggling and share in those burdens and walk with each other to, to peace and to joy. So even if you guys see a, a friend of yours that is suffering, um, that's an opportunity or you can tell that they're just not experiencing the joy of the Lord. Uh, and you can tell that they're, they're maybe so, so there's, for me, there's different degrees just because, um, like you experience the joy of the Lord and it's fantastic. Right. And then God starts to grow you in a direction and all of a sudden that heaviness comes back and what in Isaiah it talks about taking off the garment of heaviness and putting on the garment of praise. And so, my, my biggest thing to tell you is in a moment where you're not finding joy is to start praising God right there. Start mm -hmm. praising him and thanking him and, and, and actually say, God, I thank you. I thank you. Praise God. I love you, Jesus. There's so much power. You wouldn't think that like my old sinful self, I'm not going to pray and thank God. What's he going to do? You know, but when you've really experienced the power of praise, like it breaks through the heavens and joy pours out. It's, it's the real deal, you know, and you seek him with all your heart. You lay it all down on the altar, your whole body on the altar and say, God, I don't want to do it my way anymore. I can't do it without you, God. You know, I, I want more of you, Jesus. Show me, right? And then he'll even, because if you ask him, he'll actually, and you start reading your Bible and you start getting in the word and just kind of trying to figure out who God is and your identity Read, read Ephesians. Ephesians will fill you full of identity. Read uh, 2 Corinthians and 1 John. Those will fill you full of identity. Um, but when you first start looking at identity, God will sell, start pouring in his love. He'll start showing you. And those things that you read, they'll start showing up in the world. And you'll start putting pieces together. And God will start guiding you to break these, these strongholds over your life, these, these lies over your life that have been told to you that you didn't realize that you're, you're believing the wrong thing until you ask God to replace it with who God says you are. And so I would even and, and challenge you guys for that. When you're in prayer, say, God, where am I in unbelief? And he'll reveal to you where you're in unbelief. And then say, God, show me what you, what you believe. Show me what you believe who I am. And he'll replace it and he'll, tell, he'll call you a son or a daughter. And they tell you that you're no longer an orphan, but you're adopted into a, a family already, and you'll receive that. Amen. I agree with that. Someone else asked, uh, so once again, it's a question I can answer, but hey, why not ask a guest speaker, right? So how do I repent is one of the questions that they ask. 
So repentance is turning away from your sin and looking to God. It's just turning away uh, and not just turning away and looking at him, but then trusting and following him, right? That, that last part is really important because you can repent and not be sincere about it. You can repent and say, God, I repent for doing this. Well, um, so again, I think there's different levels of this because when you repent and you say, God, um, I, want, I want to know you. I don't want to look to the situation. He'll turn you and you'll look to him and you'll trust and you'll follow him. Um, but what Jesus did at the cross is he took on the sin of the world. He didn't just take on your sin, right? He took on everybody's sin. And so I want to encourage everybody when you see things in your life that go against the word of God, that you would actually say, God, um, thank you for covering me and I repent and covering me for my sin and I receive you. And, you know, the things that I was in agreement with also persuaded others to, to, to look the wrong way and to go the wrong direction. And I break any agreements with the kingdom of darkness. I break any soul ties with the kingdom of darkness. I break, um, I speak against the enemy in my life, uh, trying to tell me that I'm a bad person, that I'm not valuable, that I'm never going to be anything because God is sitting there saying, I love you. You're valuable. Um, I'm going to increase you. I'm going to walk you to, um, to, to success. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just reveal my love to you and take care of you and be as, as a, as a daughter, a son of, of an adoption into the, the, this, this kingdom. So. I'm going to give a sec because there's some people that have questions. And um, if you have any questions, go ahead and send them to me. Um, I like this. This is fun, by the way. Enjoy. Yeah, see? Like, so ask questions, guys. Ask, ask questions. Throw up a prayer request. Um, I'll even try to think of questions that I've had y'all ask. So. One thing really quick about repentance is if you're feeling right now you're in a place of repent, you want to repent for anything that you've done wrong in your life, no, Jesus has already paid the price for it. So all you got to do is put it down right at the feet of Jesus and say, God, take this from me. I repent. I make you Lord of my life. Come make my heart your resting place. And he's coming right now. So a question that just popped up is, um, how do you know if you are saved? So, um, so you know you're saved uh, for, for one, because you have an appetite now, um, kind of to, 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 to lean into God. You, uh, you understand God a little more. You, you, get, you can tell you have a new wisdom and revelation in your heart. Like, like you, you crave to do things you never liked to do before. Uh, before, your mind was set on yourself. And now you might find yourself doing things in your life to serve others. Or you might find joy in finding, and just seeing a smile on somebody else's face. Whereas before you didn't care if somebody was smiling or not. Right. So that's what it means. Like, like, you know, the others know you're saved by you living a life unto God and the way you, you, you walk your life out, which is to, um, is put God number one in your life. And, um, it comes naturally, right? It's not like a forced thing that you have to do. It's not like religion, like all this stuff I'm talking about. It's not a list of things you have to do to be saved, right? 
Um, it's a, it's actually, it's what God reveals to you after you've trusted and believed in him, right? It's a relationship. It's not like a dictatorship, right? So this relationship will reveal and give you mind renewal to know, um, more about your salvation as you unpack what happened to you. Um, you might have, you're like, even after this conversation or even during this conversation, you're going to take things away and chew on them for a few days, maybe. And actually it's kind of like church. Like if you go to church on Sunday, on Monday, for me anyways, it was like not very enjoyable because all the things the preacher said on Sunday was eating me up on Monday. And I had a horrible Monday, right? A case of the Mondays. But now when you're in right standing with God and you've repented and you're, you're saved, you're the same joy. You have the same joy in and out of season, you know, but I want to, I want to encourage you too, because we're all at different pace on places on our journey. Like I might be laying things down. I'm 35 years old. You know, I'm laying things down that, um, like religious stuff and other things in my life that maybe right now God's working on you where you're at. It doesn't mean you're less saved or you're not saved that you're laying down like sexual urges or you're laying down like uh, the, the wanting to, to go out with friends and make bad decisions that, you know, are going to lead to bad decisions or whatever else it is. Um, just be encouraged that where you're at in your walk is not where I'm at, but that doesn't make us, me more saved or you less saved like god's still using you where you're at to be a witness to people that he's brought you out of like he's done something in each one of your lives already and he's going to put you in front of people to share what he's done for you and it might be an embarrassing thing to share but it's god right like it might be a shameful thing to share but you share it boldly because you know it'll help them in their situation get free from it So you said something about it's all on paper. So one of the students of place, um, she, so let's see how to word this. So she put, um, hold on a second. So they put, um, you use the phrasing, it's all on paper, but they thought it was real. So what did you mean by it's all on paper? I guess that's the question. Um, it's all on paper? Does that make sense? Well, I'm trying to figure out what she meant by it's all on paper. So um, you might have referenced the Bible, so it's yeah. like all in the in the book. So, so say the question again, and I'll put it to that context. So I guess it's a phrasing you use that you used. It's all on paper. So, but I'm gonna I'll go ahead and probably try to answer this. Uh, when you said it's all, you said it's all on paper at one point. Um, I can say this, that if it's not in the word of God, it's not reality. It's a delusion. Mm -hmm. If it's not something you can read in the Bible, you, you shouldn't trust it um, whatsoever. Uh, it'll lead you to places that 
aren't within God's will for your life. And so when you you're praying about something that's not in God's by in the, in the word, um, those things don't come to pass. Um, it's gotta be, you know, in the word and it's gotta be, um, within his will and his will is his word. And, and, and I think if I, if I said something about it, it's all on paper, I would say when we're talking about paper, we're talking about Bible pages. So. So, yep. Um, any other questions before we go or before we pray, actually, let's do a little prayer at the end. Um, actually, I got a good question. Actually, hold on. You answered the question, that question, so. I mean, this one's in Jeremiah, but I'll ask it. And then is there any other questions? Like, don't be afraid to ask questions. This is the time to ask questions. It's a perfect, perfect opportunity to ask questions. Um, so go ahead and ask your questions if you have any. Um, the question said, did God know us before birth? Yes. He was, we were in God's eye before the, the foundations of the world. So that's a, a big topic of mine is abortion. And I mean, if you're a Christian, it's really hard to side with anything that has to do with that because, you know, God created us um, before the earth was even formed and before creation. And we were in God's eye way back then and he knew every hair on our head. And so, yeah. So if you have any prayer requests, go ahead and uh, place them down. Um, down uh, one one thing I will say about that really quickly is there's a lot of people that have been told that they're an accident um, or that um, we didn't mean to have you also. And I was one of those people that, you know, I was told that I was an accident. Um, but then when I read in Jeremiah, that God knew me before I was formed in the womb, that I had a heavenly father that meant me to be here on this earth, that I was not an accident. So I just want to encourage with that. And Hunter is awesome. <laughs> All right, so if y'all, like once again, if y'all have a prayer request, if, um, and when I say prayer request, I'm not saying like, Hey, look, someone's sick. Hey, something, something. I'm talking about like we're together as a fellowship right now. We're two or more gathered. He is there. Um, I believe, uh, you know, there's an anointing over that. There's the Holy Spirit is with us right now as we speak, even if we're on Zoom. Um, so if you're walking through something, if um, you need guidance for something, if you 
just prayer isn't just about sick people. It isn't just about dying people. It is not, uh, the Bible. Trey, tell me if I'm wrong, but the Bible says that raising people from the dead is elementary to like mature Christians. So, look, I tell you, this is a mature brother right here, um, and I point that way because he's right next to me on the thing. But um, I tell you, like prayer, like you talked about it. Prayer, like we're putting something up at the at the at the um, throne room of grace when we speak. When we speak to the Father, the Abba, the Daddy, uh, it's going up to His feet. Or it's, it's like so. Okay. Anybody else got any prayer requests? Any anything, friends? Um, loved ones, brothers or sisters, anything. Okay. So, okay. So, um, I'm going to ask a question to them first. So, um, So one of the students needs prayer for guidance from his grandma's death. Um, are you okay if I use your name? Okay. Hunter is looking for guidance after his grandma's death. Um, and also he wants prayer for his dad. Um, so okay. another, another one of the students wants uh, prayer for his friends that live around them. Okay. Um, I can I can tell you that um, I want to speak to students right now. Um, sometimes boldness is even if you're a little afraid to be like I need prayer for this. It's stepping out and being like, "Will you pray for this? You know this need?" Because sometimes talking about a need is hard. It's hard to step out. It's hard to, you know, be like, hey, I, I know that there's this part of my life that might need to be, um, I need prayer for. And sometimes it's hard to communicate, but I would just say, take, if you have something on your heart, take a step, take a step and uh, ask in boldness. Would you agree, Trey? Yeah, I agree with that. The step of faith that you can take and you would feel you're going to feel so much better if you just lay it down and and there's something about um communing with one another and confession to one another that is really healing for the heart and really he healing for the soul and um you know um it says one person will uh, will send what a thousand to flight and two people will send 10,000 to flight so or 10,000 to flight so if you have any burdens on your heart that's being revealed at all, let's pray about them. Let's get them out and get them off of you and let's give them to the Lord. All right. So we had a leader who uh, his grandma passed away too. Um, 
I think it was I think it was very unexpectedly. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you could pray for her too. Um, so there's there's one grandma and then another grandma. Yeah. So there's two grandmas. There's Hunter's grandma and then the leader's grandma and then we got the friends. Um, yeah. And and then I would say we have some new like we have um, some some new uh, followers of Christ in yeah. here. Yeah. And so I would ask you if, um, and so let me say this first, if you've been seeking God, if you've been seeking him, um, I'd say that this would be a good time to, to pray together. Um, me come together with me and Andre and we'll, we'll pray for, um, because, for that guidance, like Hunter stepped out and said that he needs guidance for his grandma, uh, his passing. Sometimes we don't know why things happen. And so we, we seek God, right? And so there's situations that have happened in our life and we need to seek God for those answers. And so I asked Trey if he would, um, cause I know that there is, um, just for that guidance in each and every one of our lives, you know, and if you would just pray for that, um, does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense or not, but yeah. Um, and so, uh, I'm gonna give. We'll do two more minutes, and if we just, you know, um, then we'll come together. But what I'm gonna actually, what I feel the Lord is saying, is for those that are seeking the guide and seeking, seeking something. Um, the Lord once revealed to me something. So, Lord, there's giftings, and not only just spiritual giftings, like speaking in tongues, prophecy, and stuff like that, but healing and stuff like that that comes from the Lord when you when you seek His guidance. And so, one time I was sitting there, and the Lord spoke to my heart and said, "I'm gonna use your tray as an example. If I have a present in my hands." And I said, Trey, I need you. I want you to receive this present. I got it for you. How would you receive the present? I would take it. Exactly. You would put your hands out, right? Mm-hmm. And you would probably you would either grab it from the side or the bottom. In this example, I would lay it on his hands. So when we're seeking the Lord, when we're seeking for certain healing, for certain things, for ourselves, seek it. And just like in humility, just put your hands out, you know, not religiously, because that could become a religious thing, right? Because you put your hands out, but just surrender your heart and you don't have to stick your hands out or whatever. But when I was, it's just one thing the Lord's told me is like, I didn't like, I grew up in a place where the church didn't raise their hands or do anything like that. And he, he, he told me that he said, I'm giving you a gift to receive it. You know, and so I just put my hands out and I close my eyes as if I was receiving it. Okay. Um, hey, let's go ahead and pray. I, my son, I got to get, I got to get to. I got you. All right. All right. Lord Jesus, uh, thank you for this time, God. Um, we ask that God, you just make this word go forward, Lord, in the hearts of all that heard it. God, I just, I pray for each and every soul on this call, Lord, that. You would reveal yourself to them in a new way, God, in a way that they've never experienced before and that you would move them into new places, God, in their lives and they would find joy in new places 
and that by hearing this word, God, that they will never be the same, Lord, that you would shift something in their hearts, that you would reveal something new, and a new life would come about it, God. God, we know that you're capable of all these things, and everything that we pray is yes and amen in your word, Lord. God, I pray specifically over um, um, the grandmas that, are, that have passed, um, not to put them together to make it any less, God, but we pray that you would just uh, soften the hearts and, and relieve the, the, the pain, God, that's from these deaths over, over Hunter, God, and over the leader in the church. God, we also pray right now that you would um, lift up any anxiety, any, any confusion right now, that you would bring understanding and wisdom into Hunter's heart, that, that you are the wise father, God, that you have all the answers, Lord. As we flood to you, we, we, we run to you in your arms, God, and we say, God, uh, we give this to you. We give grandma to you. We give everything to you, God, and we and it can be hard, you know, but we give it to you because we want um, to to be free and to see uh, and and have Grandma uh, uh, just rest in peace, God. Um, I thank you right now for the 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 friends um, that need prayer in the neighborhood, God, that you would uh, make. Uh, Hunter and others got a beacon of light in their neighborhood to speak and to share their hearts always, not to tell lies, but to, to, to tell the truth and to seek God more to know what truth is to be told. God, we don't want to be deceived. We want to, we want to know you. We don't want to live in a delusional world in a delusional place. We want to live from your truth only. And we thank you God for this. We thank you God for, um, just continuing to guide everybody on this call, Haven and leaders over this ministry, God. Um, I pray that you would go before them and that you would lay a path down for them that um, all they would have to do is continue to just get in their prayer place and give you their hearts every day and watch the difference, watch the change, watch you manifest in their lives and watch the victory be won through prayer. God, I pray that you would, you would, uh, bring a revelation, bring a truth and an understanding and a real transformation to know how much you love each and every one of them, God, that they are sons and daughters, that they're chosen, that they're loved, that they're valued, that they have a purpose and that you've already created their purpose before they were even born, God, that they would surrender everything that they are and get out of their own way and let your destiny come into their life and lead them, Lord. God, we know you're going to do these things and God, I know that Surrendering to you everything that I am delays trials and situations from coming my direction to, 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 to cripple me and to, to mislead me, God. I know that sin keeps me longer than I want to stay, and your love delivers me from anything that the, the enemy can throw at us. God, I pray that each one of the people on this call, the young men and women, would know the power of worshiping you, praising you, that it breaks strongholds, that it breaks chains, that they would, they would intimately seek you and, and find uh, where, where you can be found, which is in their, in, you're in their hearts already, God, that they would just trust and believe and step out in faith, step out um, and, 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 and encourage them and strengthen them. 
Uh, we just speak against fear over their lives, God. Fear must leave right now in the name of Jesus. Fear must leave. We speak faith, God. We, we live through faith alone. And we, we do not look to what we can see, but we look to what we can't see, God. The things in our hearts that, that, that aren't seen is what we trust that you give us, God. I pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Yes, Blessings. Hey, thanks for com coming and speaking, Trey. I appreciate it, brother. You're welcome, man. Uh, get in touch. We'll talk soon, okay? Absolutely. I'll, I'm trying to plan to get down there, so. Okay. Yeah. All right. Love you, brother. Love you too. God bless you guys. All right. Peace. All right, guys. Well, um, that's it. Uh, it's Cadence's birthday. Um, so shout out to Cadence. She's not on here, but next time we see her in like a month or so, we'd be like, hey, Cadence, happy birthday. So just throwing that out there. Um, but it's good to talk to y'all. Hopefully y'all paid attention and got something from that. Next week, we have another guest speaker, um, another brother that's awesome. He's actually he's actually the one that I, I called my jail Barnabas because me and him went to the uh, jails and preached to um, people. I've, I, the last two speakers I did that with too, but the next week is the one that I actually went in with the most and we, we chose to, we chose to, um, uh, me and him were like, yo, we're going into the jail. Will you be my jail brother? And he's like, yeah, I'd love to. And so had a fun time. Um, one second. I hope, hope it didn't hold y'all any of y'all too long. Um, so, um, peace.